0: Uh, Ricky Cobb. Uh, Ricky, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. How are you?
1: I am doing great, and pizza sounds good right now, let me no. tell you.
0: <laughs> Does it ever sound bad?
1: <laughs> N- never. You know, they, good uh, good pizza is great, and bad pizza is good. So, uh.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, Ricky, uh, congratulations. Uh, we, we've been fortunate to have you on uh, the program numerous times here, so uh, you're a friend of of tsn 1200 here and we greatly appreciate that but congratulations you got a tv show uh, tell us how that uh, all came about
1: uh well yeah it's pr- pretty crazy stuff uh, I-, I will tell you that but yeah the genesis of it uh began a few years ago jimmy kimmel uh, has been a follower of my account for a long time and he reached out to me he just sent me a A direct message on Twitter. I think this was in the fall of 2019. And, uh, you know, it was just a brief message saying that he enjoyed uh, what I did and thought it was funny. And uh, not long after that, he had the the president of his production company, uh, a guy named Scott Lonker, reach out to me and we started brainstorming. Is there something, is there something here? You know, I think, I think Jimmy, Thought that the Twitter feed could be distilled into a television program, and we just had to figure out what that program would look like. And after uh, after a couple of years of uh, of kind of working on it, tweaking it, thinking about it, looking uh, looking into who might be the right network to partner with, we we ended up uh, uh, going into business with Vice, and I, I just couldn't be any prouder uh, of the show, and I and I hope that people enjoy it
0: how much did that blow your mind that Jimmy Kimmel reached out to you uh in that in that fashion <laughs> and then then you get the yeah. follow up it's like hey uh what about a tv show that must have, that must have taken uh, you back
1: it was uh definitely uh, a a little surreal you know you you check you get the you get the direct message and you check and you know, you're like okay well you know there's the blue check mark huh? you know that's it's that's really Jimmy Kimmel. And it, it, you know, it's certainly for somebody in my position who particularly, uh, you know, three and a half years ago compared to today was, was, you know, certainly less known that than I am now. And you're grinding away. And, and as you know, I, I tweet every day, there are no days off literally. And, and just to get that encouragement when, when you're, uh, you know, in the middle of the, journey and and maybe you're not getting the the big payoff uh that that you're hoping for it's it's certainly something that keeps you going uh you know when you when you get that kind of feedback from somebody who's you know such a uh, such a figure in in the entertainment industry so uh it, it was surreal but it was very encouraging and you know i can i can say that uh, Jimmy's a great guy, and and he's I think he's really happy for me that this has happened, and he he's been nothing but supportive.
2: So tell us about the show and what it's all about. Well, it's we've got the very funny Chris
1: De Stefano is the host of our show, and and Chris's career is is really taking off. He's uh, one of the best up and coming. Uh, stand-ups out there. He just sold out Radio City Music Hall in New York and uh, he he has that kind of uh, wind at his sails right now and so uh, uh, couldn't be happier to have him involved in this project but essentially the the show is uh, Chris hosting and three or four guests uh, joining him in the set that we have that looks like, uh, it looks like it could be, uh, your friend or, or maybe your own basement from the, from the late 70s. And, uh, it's very, uh, evocative, the aesthetic. I, I love the set that they put together for this, but it's comics, um, and clever people, uh, sitting around. And we go through every episode with a series of videos and photos taken from the 1970s 80s and 90s and we just let funny people react and comment uh on you know things that range from 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 weird to uh uh, you know just just downright crazy and and hopefully it captures uh what i do every day on twitter that that was the idea to present the same sort of videos and and pictures and then just let really funny people, uh, tee those things up and, and, and and do what they do and and make people laugh. So, uh, that's the format. And, uh, you know, I was, I was even on a few episodes, which was a, a whole other thing that, that, that blew my mind as well. So, you know, when you are not only involved in the project, but you actually see yourself on TV, that's, that's pretty wild.
0: Ricky Cobb is joining us. The, uh, well, the founder of Super 70 Sports, which is now morphed into a, a TV show uh, with Vice as well. So you've been at this for a number of years. So it's safe to say, Ricky, like, you're jumping off point, you're a sports fan, right? And a nostalgic sports fan. Um, and you like to have fun. And and you kind of, over the years, you, you, well, you've always kind of tied that into pop culture of the day with whatever point you're making sometimes it's sports related sometimes it's not how has how that kind of changed over the years where um I'm, i think at the very beginning it was mostly sports right but sometimes you'll and some of your funniest stuff is just you know remembering things it could be something as simple as a candy from the corner store you used to have and and you'll make a joke about that and you know when, when did you really start to get into that that part of it as well um
1: it, it's it's been kind of a, a natural evolution that has occurred in terms of I think me figuring out what I want to talk about and what the identity of, of of Super 70 Sports is but you're absolutely right in the in the beginning I really thought that I was going to tweet only about 70 Sports but again uh I, I've said this many times through many interviews over the years. I, I just had no expectation that this was going to turn into anything. I never thought that it would gain a wide following. I would have been probably thrilled if you had told me eight years ago that that the feed would have two or three thousand followers. That would have been exceeding whatever my expectations were in fact i you know i would go so far as to say i had no expectations other than i guess i was just looking for an outlet to try to crack a few jokes and and, and you know maybe just sort of be able to explore that side of my personality in a way that uh, I, I wasn't necessarily getting to do in in my day job line of work which is uh, a college professor. So it started out just as what the title of the of the feed is, and then as time went on, I, I, I think as much as anything, it was the fact that I was creating content every day, and that's not easy to do. And I thought to myself, "Geez, you know, if if I'm trying to be funny and I'm trying to entertain people, why?" why tie my hands behind my back and limit myself only to sports in the 70s when it seems that people are just as interested and and maybe at times more interested in the kinds of things that you're referring to, whether we're talking about what it was like to get on our bikes and uh, pedal down to the store and pick up some candy cigarettes and, and that kind of thing, right? The, the cars that our parents drove, the, the hairstyles, the fashions, the, the avocado green appliances in the, in the kitchen. And, you know, I learned pretty quickly when I, when I tried to sort of venture into those uh, areas a little bit that people really responded to it. And I thought, well, thank God for that because, (laughs) <laughs> if I'm able, if I'm able to comment on on these other things and people like it, it's going to be a little bit easier to keep this thing going because uh, the the hardest part of the job by far is trying to stay original and trying to be funny day after day after day. Your your reward in in what I do, my my line of work, which sounds like a sort of a douchey way to put it but in my line of work no matter how funny you were on Tuesday you got to get up and be funny again starting Wednesday morning so it's a it's an unrelenting I've created a monster and now I have to feed it every day so I'm glad that people's appetite uh was bigger than than just 70 sports
2: you started this account uh December 2013, and now uh, up to over 728,000 followers on Twitter. When did you realize that you had something?
1: I realized I had something. A guy sent me a message late in 2015. Sports Illustrated had put together some garbage, pointless, online end-of-year list that I think it was their Twitter 100. And uh, I got named to the Twitter 100. And there were some pretty big names on there with me. I remember Kobe Bryant and, and uh, you know, a lot of really legit people in the sports world. And then there's Ricky Cobb, too, hanging on somehow, somehow made this list. And I thought, well, geez, if, If Sports Illustrated has noticed me, even in the least meaningful way possible, this thing has gotten out of the orbit that I thought that it would be in. And and then as you start to have celebrities follow you, that was another indication when you would look up and you'd be like, oh, well, holy shit, Uh, this person just followed me, or this person just retweeted me. Those things still blow my mind from time to time if i get retweeted by rick flair or tom brady uh, which you know both of those things have happened even now occasionally something like that will just make me stop and shake my head and think to myself you know i, I have no idea how this is real but lo, lo and behold here i am so i'm just trying to soak in every every minute of, of all of that cool stuff
0: so we're speaking with Ricky Cobb, uh, founder of uh, Super 70 Sports. He's he's got a TV show uh, based on this now that, that is just launching. So you mentioned it that, that when you started, yeah, uh, I thought I was going to have some fun on Twitter, and I'm going to talk about you know things that I find funny and interesting from sports in in the 70s, and then it morphs into something else here. Now AJ and I have been following you almost since the beginning. I'm pretty sure. Um, but you kind of already already touched on this this part of it as it morphs into something else here. And it's called Super 70 Sports because that's the genesis. AJ and I have spoken about this many times. We love how once in a while, Ricky, you'll clap back on people that will point out you're talking about something that's not from the 70s. And it's not sports. So how often does that happen? And when do you choose to pick your spots to, to maybe clap back on somebody? Well, it
1: it happens probably pretty much daily. I don't see as many of the comments now as I used to. In, in the early days, I used to go through and I would read pretty much every comment uh, that I would get from people. And now I try to as best that I can, but with the amount of followers I have and the amount of comments that – my tweets get, it's just impossible for me to see them all. Now, sometimes that's a good thing because you're not, uh, concerning yourself with the people who say that kind of stuff. But I I think as much as anything, it depends on what mood I'm in. And some people say it. And I think that they're genuinely just curious. They don't, they don't know the feed. And so they pop up and they see that I've posted some, some movie quote from the eighties and they just can't help themselves. They want to, they want to tell me, uh, and you know, they don't look and say, well, he's got 700,000 followers. Maybe he, maybe he knows what he's tweeting. You know, everybody I think thinks that they're the first person who's going to expose that I'm not, True to January 1st, 1970 to December 31st, 1979. But, uh, but yeah, there was a guy actually last night for the first time in a while, um, that there was a guy who made a comment and, and I, and I responded to that. Uh, but it, it, it depends on, uh, it, it really depends on the mood I'm in. And I, and I think it also depends on how snarky I perceive the person as being. If someone is sort of just uninitiated, and says, hey, that's not the 70s, that doesn't really bother me. But when people tell me that I need to change my brand name or, or whatever, you know, it, it, it gets snotty about it. I, I always say I I don't hit first, but I'm a real good counterpuncher.
2: I <laughs> uh, always love your takes on on modern sports uh, as well. And I know I, I, I kind of feel like baseball is your – number one passion so what do you make of just the way the game is going uh, and in particular with the introduction of the pitch clock this year
1: that baseball historically has been my favorite sport I will say that I think the evolution of the game has gone in a direction that probably I speak for a lot of us when I say that I don't find baseball to be as compelling um, as I did when I was younger. I think the pitch clock is good, Is a good thing. I, I, I would have preferred uh, living in a world where they could have enforced some of these things without a clock, but if that's what it takes to uh, get the stick out of people and get things moving, baseball desperately needs action, and uh, all the strikeouts... Uh, you know, are, are not action. You can watch a baseball game and go several minutes between balls being in play in, in, in this day and age, and that's in addition to the problems that we face with guys stepping out and adjusting their body armor and their, their batting gloves and pitchers working as deliberately as heart surgeons. So I, I think absolutely two-and-a-half-hour baseball games should be the norm. If that's how it was for, for most of the history, uh, I, I don't think there's any reason that we we, we should lose that co- completely as a as a society. So bring on the pitch clock. I, as far as some of the other rules, the the the, the shift ban. I, hey, you know, I would have preferred just letting things naturally be the yin and yang I, I thought okay with all the shifting going on maybe we're going to see a renaissance of guys who aren't swinging for the fences and maybe that guy who can go the other way and 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 put one in the uh the hole between second and short like tony gwen used to do not not, not that anybody's going to do it like tony gwen or rod carew but if that skill came back into vogue Maybe things would naturally calibrate, but, uh, you know, we've, we've seen that that's not the case. They just swing harder and try to launch it higher and, uh, batting averages have suffered greatly. So, uh, I'm in favor of banning the shift. If that's, if that's the only thing that's going to change it, baseball is, is correct to realize that in the 21st century, they're going to need to adapt because we have a, we have a pretty short attention span as a society and, baseball has gone in the other direction in recent years
0: well and it's um, to your point here nothing and i baseball is my first love my favorite sport growing up i like a lot of sports but i had to pick one i was a big montreal expos fan that was my team that was my number one and i'm like you i don't i don't follow it as closely as i as i once did and whenever i do it, i still watch baseball obviously i hate watching a game on tv and you get the you know center field angle the, the traditional at bad angle, and you know the guy has hit one on the screws. And you think, oh, that's a base hit. And then, no, the shift's on. (laughs) Line drive. And it just it it kills me. And I know I'm old man shaking my fist at that. But I kind of – anyways, I'd like to get maybe – uh, that back a little bit so I brought up the Expos how does because I can tell you've got a soft spot for the Expos and obviously you didn't grow up in Canada or Quebec or Montreal for that reason why is that because um, oftentimes when you're making some jokes um, about baseball I, I see a lot of Expos content in your feed
1: well you know I grew up in Kentucky I, ha- I had a very sheltered life I mean I think part of the reason that that I became sort of who I am is I was growing up in Kentucky in a very rural community, uh, didn't see very much of the world until I was an adult, and I was fascinated by all the places that I'd never been. We did have a satellite dish, one of those big NASA-style satellite (laughs) dishes, And, and that was the Wild West days when you could bring stuff in. You didn't need, you know, scrambling wasn't a thing yet. It it, it was, it was really a different era. And so, you know, I would watch uh, as many local broadcasts as I could from, from other cities. And, and I remember in, in 1983, uh, I, I used to every year I'd go to a Cincinnati Reds game. My mom would let me pick one Cincinnati Reds game. That was about a three or four hour drive from where I grew up to Cincinnati. And, Every year, I mean, I had to choose wisely, and I remember in 1983, I picked the Expos and went to Glorious, uh, Concrete Donut, Riverfront Stadium, there on the banks of the dirty Ohio, which was uh, pretty much the highlight of my year every year, going to that ballpark. And they played O Canada before the game, and it was the most exotic experience of my young life. Uh, you know, and so there was something about the, those uniforms, the pinwheel caps, the great logo, the, the, the road blues, and then so many great players on the Expos in that era, right? I mean, I, I think the, the first time that I saw the Expos, they had Reigns, Dawson, Carter, and Al Oliver in the lineup that day, and you know, my goodness, how, how, can, you, how can you not have an interest in a team that that has so many great players. So uh, I, I've been a an, an expos guy for a long time. I'd like to think that I'm one of the most vocal proponents of baseball coming back to to Montreal, and I, I hope that one day that happens. I think mean, Montreal uh, was done wrong in, in the way that that was handled, and I believe that Montreal could certainly have a successful baseball franchise given, uh, another opportunity. And I, I think that in a just world, uh, we'll eventually see the return of the Montreal Expos. I certainly hope so.
2: Ricky, what do you miss the most about that era of sports?
1: Oh my gosh.
2: Um, <laughs> I think the Sunday
1: paper, you know, I, mi- I miss the Sunday morning paper with all the statistics and all the box scores. I miss the sporting news in my mailbox on Thursday uh, afternoons after school I I miss I, I miss the Kellogg's 3D baseball cards in my mm. frosted flakes I miss the I miss the, the the mini helmets that you could get a Sunday in it at, mm. at, at, at Dairy Queen you know even the I've even seen and thought about buying a time or two the, the CFL helmets that they used to have up in, up in Canada, you know, what What, what could be better than enjoying a, a Sunday from your Saskatchewan rough riders helmet, you know? So I, I miss all of that stuff. I miss Monday night football with, with Howard Cosell on it. You know, I miss the halftime highlights on Monday night when we'd have to go to bed. A lot of us, uh, after, after we saw those, so I, I I miss so much of it. I miss the aesthetic of, of what it was like to be a sports fan in the '70s and '80s. You know, we have we have so many options now. Pretty much every game is available to watch and available to gamble on if you if you live in an area where you can have one of those apps on your phone. And we've got talking heads talking about sports all day around the clock and. A million websites to go to, but I, I think I missed the simplicity and maybe even in a certain sense the innocence that we had as sports fans, uh, you know, in, in the 70s and 80s.
0: Well, I think you just, uh, we'll just wrap it up here, and thanks for joining us. I think that's what uh, you, you capture with, uh, you know, your Twitter feed, right? It's it's not just you're making us laugh, but it's nostalgia uh, for a lot of people. It, it just draws people in, and uh, uh, I encourage people to check out. There's a trailer out on Vice for the uh, the new TV show, so uh, we'll bring it back to that. Congratulations. Uh, look, Really well, look forward to checking that out.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, I've got to get better at plugging things, but I will tell your audience it is called the Super Maximum Retro Show, and it's on Vice TV Tuesday nights at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. So certainly would love uh, for some of your audience to tune in and give us a chance to entertain you.
0: Awesome. Thanks a lot, Ricky. Thanks, Ricky. Appreciate it. There's Ricky Cobb from uh, Super 70 Sports. Not from, is Super 70 Sports.